Hello and welcome to another edition of the Bash Bros Podcast. My name is Corey Baumeister and today I am joined, as always, by my brother, Mr. Brad Nelson. What's up, bro? It's going pretty well, brother from another mother. You know, I didn't want to copy your exact intro. You know, I feel like, you know, that's just... That's exactly that copy. Yeah, I mean, so for two I years I brought up, I brought up your mom for the last two years, but yeah, bring up mine. Sure, no, <laughs> no, can't do that. No, your mom told me to stop bringing her up on the podcast, so I, I respect her wishes. <laughs> <laughs> no, how's it going, bro? It's all right. It's uh, it's you know, pre pre PT week. You know, it's yeah. always uh, even though the the names have changed, the the excitement is still up in the air, and um. It's not the same as going to a live tournament, and I'm starting to itch. Mm. After playing the Invitational, I'm itching for a pro tour, like-esque event. Yeah. yeah. But, I mean, you can't, I mean, especially with this new variant, it seems like that's forever away. Yeah, that um, is getting a little bit more rough day day by day, but I agree. Even if I'm commentating a big event or just playing it, like, I definitely miss the pre-tournament jitters that you get before a big event, uh, whether it be online or, or in person, you know? Yeah, I just miss seeing everyone before these tournaments, you know, but yeah, yeah, I think we should have more invitationals. I think honestly, maybe once a month or something like that. I, I think that seems. Yeah, good. I think Pete, come on, you can give away $100,000 a month. <laughs> That's what I thought, too. But before yeah. we get too far into it, this podcast is brought to you by Podbean, iTunes, Spotify and Stitcher. Probably too late for that anyways. But, you know, it can be found on those are. platforms. It's not brought to you by them. No, we're we sponsored, by, sponsored all by iTunes. We're sponsored by all of them. So. All right, so this this podcast is going to be a little bit different because I am taking on a bit of a new role at the Innistrad Championship. I'm kind of playing a little bit of a reporter role. So, you know, it's, it's kind of training for me here. So we wanted to bring in a special guest that, you know, had a lot to do with training day, but Denzel Washington canceled last minute. So I decided to just bring in someone that has been training for this event. So we got none other than Mr. Brian Brown doing. How you doing, BBD? You know, I'm doing great. You know, just like Denzel, I'm in, I'm out there training. Um, I've never seen the movie, but <laughs> so I have no idea. Wait, really? What you're talking about. But anyway, yes. You've I've never been, seen Training Day? I might have seen it. Oh, it's Is, a great movie. Does that have like uh, Colin Farrell in it? It, it, does. it does. Yeah, then it I've does. seen it. I have seen it then. Yes. Yeah, Denzel's kind of a crooked cop. Colin's coming in, you know. Fresh-eyed, bushy-tailed, and 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 he's put to the test. That's right. I have I yeah. have actually seen that movie. That was I, I I enjoyed that movie. That was good. Okay. So do you think you're the sketchy player, or are you the like the good player coming into this uh, championship? He's is there the guy. Like, is there anyone that's who, about like, to retire? Yeah. I was gonna say, is there anyone who like <laughs> dies in an inglorious way, like real early in the movie? I'm sure. I'm <laughs> sure. I mean, they're they're Academy Award chances definitely mm. did <laughs> yeah i think he won an award for that movie i'm pretty sure they did not you don't think so no are we yeah we, want, we don't want to start our pre-podcast or our mid-podcast google search already like we have so much podcast left we don't want to use it now oh god no they did win an, he did win an academy award wow i knew it for denzel, best actor in a leading role yeah denzel wins basically every award there's like four people that i will go to their movie no matter what it's Denzel Washington, um, Will, Will Smith. Smith. I know um, it. <laughs> who, who is the woman from um, some something murder? Oh God! My favorite murderer. No, no, no! It is Murder uh, She Wrote. How to Get Away with Murder? I think it's a series. 
Oh God, that was such a horrible TV show. Yeah, it was. But the uh, I know who you're talking about. Actress. I'm blanking. I'm blanking on her name. How to get away with murder? Cast. God, I, I can't remember her name. She, she's she's Viola Davis. Viola Davis. Yeah, Viola yeah. Davis. Her movies are amazing. Denzel, Will Smith, and Robert De Niro. Those were those are my four. I'll go mm. to their movies no matter what. Robert De Niro is good. Yeah. yeah, he's getting a little old now. You know, I think his movies are getting worse, but he used to just be the goat. Yeah, Do you know I like who, Denzel. So, oh, sorry, go ahead. Oh, I was just gonna say. So, so I watched the League way back in the day, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, and and it does not hold up well. Oh, certainly not. It didn't hold up <laughs> at the time. Like... <laughs> no, it didn't. It didn't. But but I loved it in my early twenties. But it, but Mark Duplass is the main character, mm-hmm. and. You know, he just seemed like just the kind of person that isn't, you know, I just didn't think he was going to go anywhere from that show. Right. Right. Yeah. And and now everything he acts in and everything he directs and everything he produces, I is some of like my favorite content. Like, oh, so he's he, like Will he, Smith now. Oh, <laughs> uh, OK. Yeah, we'll go with that. Okay, we'll go good, with that. Good, um good. Yeah, well, I'm just not gonna fight. Pick, pick my battles. <laughs> good, um, good, smart man. No, but like he's done, he's done a ton of documentaries. Like where the the wild, the things are. What's that? No, that's where not the it, wild but... lives. I think. Oh, wild, no, country, wild, wild right? country, wild, yeah. wild, country. wild country. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's in Creep, which is like so good. Wait, is that the guy with the really deep voice? That's in. Uh, that's what like Bradley Cooper's brother in that one show. What show with Lady Gaga? I forget. The shallow. No, 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 no. Oh, okay. No. I don't know what guy? actor. I don't know what actor you're talking about. Oh, uh, here, uh, check. <laughs> here, check uh, Facebook. I'll just throw it in the thing so you know. This is a very visual podcast. Just so y'all. So, so Mark, Mark, Mark Duplass. Mark Duplass is just. Uh, he he's also in the morning show now. Oh yeah, yeah, he's, yeah. He's, yeah. He's, he's in. A, he's in a very... chip in the morning show for sure. What <laughs> if I said the 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 league? But yeah, yeah. There, the, he he did Wild Wild Country. He also did another documentary that I can't remember off the top of my head. That was really really good. Mm. Um, the one I love is a show that or a movie that I want everyone to watch. I don't think anyone has, but what is it? Uh, the one I love. Yeah, it's and it's which, okay. which one do you love? It's it's a movie with him and um. <laughs> And what's her name? Uh, Elizabeth Moss and Ted Danson. Only actors in the movie. Okay, okay. Uh, and it's it's. I mean, Elizabeth Moss is an unbelievable too. If I mean, who, who is that? Elizabeth Moss is uh, the, the, uh, the the name's the main familiar. the main actress from what's <laughs> what? I, it's so <laughs> bad that I can't remember names. This, this is so bad. So bad. <laughs> so bad. It's so terrible. It's so terrible. <laughs> it's it's the it's the show about. Um, America getting taken over by religious people, and she—the Handmaid's Tale. Oh, okay. oh the gotcha. main one. The yes, main the woman? main actress from the Handmaid's oh, Tale. Oh, she's great. Yeah. Yes, the one I love. Go watch it. It's really, really, really good and cool. Yeah, that uh, awesome. it's sci-fi. But yeah, Creep is also like I don't know, Mark Duplass. That's when you're bringing up people. It's like he has so many whiffs for me to stop watching his stuff because he has just kind of been killing it for the last ten years. Mm. Ever since the league, the league I liked, but I would never defend that show <laughs> so creep Fair. is that that's not the one uh that's what tlc did i think that was one of their number one songs <laughs> that was radiohead right no tlc definitely did a creep creep 
Yeah, just creeping on the down low. You never heard uh, that's that? A that's a completely TLC different song. That's a different, a completely oh, different song. It was still <laughs> definitely <laughs> a number one jam that I'm pretty sure was a number one. Probably. Creep, Creep, Creep is a horror movie. Oh, okay. And it's very unsettling. Okay, mm. I was thinking, uh, the movie I was thinking of was Nightcrawler. No, yeah, but that's also very unsettling. That movie was great, uh, by the way. Well, if you liked that, I think you'd like Creep. It's on the same wavelength of horror. Gotcha, yeah. It, it like, mm. puts you in very tense situations, but it's not jump scary. It's not, you know, it's situationally disturbing. Yeah, I don't mind, uh, I don't mind that kind of stuff. I don't want to see, like, excessive gore. And I don't want to, I don't want there to be something that like actually scares me, like a monster or any of that kind of stuff. Like, I don't like that. Yeah. But if it's, yeah. if it's just like a dark movie where there's like, it, you know, a thriller or suspense related horror type stuff, I, I don't mind that at all. Like, mm. Yeah, you're failing your training day of getting us to talk about magic, though, Corey. All right, so, everybody, we are <laughs> going to switch. Your, I'm playing your role this week, and you have to keep us on. I, I'll damn. keep talking about fucking so, Mark Duplass wow, all damn, day. Corey, Corey, you are so annoying. Wait, what? Oh, okay. That's just what you're <laughs> thinking every time. All right, everyone, we're going to reel this back in. First, before we get into our main topic, some news for the weekend is every single tournament you've ever wanted to play of all times is all this weekend. So we have Red Bull International Stop, number five, that got rescheduled. That's going to be December 3rd through the 4th. Super fun events on Melee. Uh, You know, I I literally was trying to play this one and then Arena was down. So I'm like, okay, great. You know, this is is the one I really wanted to play. But uh, that's being rescheduled for this time. We also have the Innistrad Championship, which I will be at the desk. BBD and Brad will both be playing as rivals competitors. We got the arena open. That's going to be a draft open this weekend. And then, oh, why not? At another event, we got the store championship as well at your local game store. So a lot of stuff to play. And, you know, I think I can speak for everyone that is commentating at this Innistrad championship that they're really bummed that everything is the same day as all these other oh, fun yeah. events. Hey, sp- yeah. speaking of the 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 game day um, or the store championships, you, you have fully built uh Grixis, right? Oh yeah. Yep. Okay, so if I don't do well on Friday and don't make day two, I'm probably gonna swing by and grab the deck and play the the champs. Yeah, 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 yeah. I uh I just charge a juice of uh five percent <laughs> of what the deck's worth per day. Uh it's like a per diem kind of thing. You know, I'll 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 discuss the rates off cam for you, okay? No, I'm just kidding. Uh, of course I, you can I, borrow it. I, yeah. <laughs> I also charged that, but for the cards I gave you in like 2015. Oh, uh, okay, okay. So I owe you a lot of money, yeah. huh? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, you absolutely can. Elliot has some of my cards. You'll just have to get them from him. But yeah. Go ahead. Oh, okay. Yeah, we'll figure it out. We'll figure it out. Yeah. But anyway, so today's episode is gonna be about just me essentially getting my reporter role ready for this weekend by just talking about what these specific two players are gonna be playing. You know, BBD, Brad, you're both queued. Uh, you're both rivals now. So you have the qualification where if you have the most points within the rivals league that you make it to worlds, to the world championship, as well as if you make the top six of any of the set championships. Is that oh, right? Cool. Or yeah, are could... you grouped with the MPL? All right. I'll be real honest. I haven't read jack shit about, <laughs> about yeah. the structure this so year i don't I'll, know the- <laughs> I'll, I'll, let, I'll let y'all know so here's the structure of it the set championships we have it's going to be the top six 
of each of those tournaments that's going to be qualified for the world championship at the end of the year, which is any also of the top six, any of the top six. Yep. And it's uh, so first through six, first through six place. So the reason they do six, it's top eight, but it's double elimination. So if you lose your first round, you go to the losers bracket. And then if you lose again, you take seventh through eighth. So all you have to do is win one match in the top eight and you're going to the world championship at any of these set championships. Which, yep, and seventh place gets yeah. the same prize as 16th, I think. Yep, basically. So if you owe yep. two in the top eight of one of these set championships, you know, get wrecked because that's exactly what you don't want to do. Even winning one match gets you a lot. And then we got Yuta Takahashi coming back. So that's 12, 24. There's four set championships, I'm pretty sure. So that's 25. There's three. Oh, there's only three? Yeah. Okay, so we got 18. We got 19 players there. Uh, it's going to be a tournament of 32 people at the world championship. The rest of the invites go spread out throughout MPL, Rivals, and Challengers as top finishers with any of the extra spots there. So you guys definitely have a bit of advantage, but you still have to perform within your league, which is what you've been doing for the last two years. But, you know, so you got you got another chance to make it to the World Championship unless, or if you don't top six any of these set championships. Yeah. All right. I also, I, I, I do have... Too, so. Uh, <laughs> all right i do i do have something to say though because um so i i want to look where the prize breakdown again here it is uh so so it says prizes go down to to 254th yeah right? every everybody gets minimum 750 bucks but there's not 254 players in the tournament so my question is Where's the extra $2.1,000 at? Nothing. 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 <laughs> Nothing. Nothing. <laughs> Nothing. Absolutely not dignifying that with a response. <laughs> not a chance. Nice try, Bradley. <laughs> <laughs> Good lord. Uh, All right. So, so Corey's supposed to be the journalist here, but I, Brad's the one with the hard hitting questions. No kidding. That's what you call a bad interview. So, Brad, first up. Bring in the heat. So, Brad, first up, we're going to talk about standard. Are you comfortable sharing your deck? And if you are, what are you playing and why? Uh, Yeah, no, I, I can share it. Um, I, I was going to play Is It in some version of it until the last day and actually ended up with most of the team audibling to mono green gasps yeah it's, that is not it's, what i would have expected from you at all and i would have played is it for sure at this event but i think i think the logic makes sense um, okay, here. okay so this is really long-winded but it is magic content so <laughs> it, it has some give and takes well then please um, keep it short well it's, it's impossible <laughs> to keep short just it's kidding. impossible to just kidding so so ever since the release of the the set the two biggest cards are Hallbreach horror hallbreaker horror and thalia right thalia goes into mono white Mono White starts beating up on Is It, um, thanks to just having these really hard hitting like mana taxing builds. Uh, but then Is It Is It makes a lot of good reactionary decisions, right? So like they all all of them now play four spike filled hazards. Mm-hmm. Uh, some even play Frostbite. They're all some of them are playing Cinder Cosm's main. Um, they're moving away from Fading Hope because they're also playing Frostbites and they're playing less. 
And fading hope Deal is 40. always worse against mono white than it was against mono green. Exactly. Yeah. And and you know, upbraids are starting to come in the mix. The Dill Four damage cards aren't as popular because um because Valor Stance also means that like the the Izzet decks don't want to play as many smoldering eggs or dragons or that mm-hmm. kind of game plan. So the deal four is necessary. Egg was like not great, but you know against mono white it was at its best. So oh, if, I mean, it's not, it was if it's broken not, there, yeah, I do think it was good. Maybe I'm underselling it by saying not great because I only played two in the board when what you played four at the NV, right? Yep. Yeah. So I, I I think I was a little bit lower on it, but I do not think I was necessarily right by any means. But it was it was a lot better then, but it, it does seem a lot worse now. Yeah, especially with Valor's stance being so good against Izzet that mm-hmm. they have to be reactionary. So so what ends what's ended up happening is a lot of Izzet builds are just getting actually good against white. And if you look like I have I have MTG Melee Premium. Uh what kind of services do you get with that? Well, the most important in my there's Section. two that are important. One for a player and one for a non player of melee tournaments. You get text pairings, which is, you know, broken. Mm. Um but if but if you don't even play in the melee tournaments, you still get access to uh, melee's archetype matrix, which gives you like matchup data, and and it's showing like by the masses that is it is dominating um, the white weenie matchup. And wasn't it also true with premium that you would mail a piece of your furniture to every single premium member? <laughs> well. I mean, just like a couch or a chair or any like to to a random person, whoever signs up for premium, they get some piece of your furniture. That's still true, right? Um, I don't even know where to go with this one. (laughs) Like, (laughs) no, you better go to court because you got some furniture to deliver. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Rancid van lines. Oh, Um, too soon. No, but so so like is it's now actually favored against mono white aggro. Really? And yes, I I, for sure. But all of these compromises that all the is decks are kind of running all the spike fields in the plane. Sorry, I got to bag not- you up to that. Like, what is the main reason why? Because that was my toughest matchup. Is it like a lot of Cinderclasm's main? Or are they playing Battle well, Frost and Fire? Same. Like, it's what, Well, no, it's Frostbites, four spike field hazards, Frostbites, uh, just a lot more cheap interaction. The like Frostbites pretty of- common? Uh, They're like split. There's a lot of lists that play it and a lot that don't. Okay. Um, I mean, it's like split between people playing both and, and pretty much you see every version. There's like four different versions of is it right now that are kind of popular mm. and there's variants that play frostbite and variants that don't. Um, but like there's the no creature version, the version that plays like maybe just a few threats. Then there's the versions that'll start um, playing some of the combo in the sideboard and some in the main. And then there's the versions that play no combo main and all in the sideboard. Okay. And, and so there's a ton of different is it builds. And they're all geared towards certain things, but the the broad strokes of it is that all of them are are compromising on fading hope numbers, deal four damage numbers, burning hands numbers, and even even them having hallbreaker horror means that they're they're usually taking the cyclone summoner slots for the hallbreakers to make them more insulated for all the matchups and that to was, try to make room. That was like the main reason I went four zero against Green at the Invitational. <laughs> I had two summoners. And most of the time they bailed me out almost, yeah. almost all four of those matches, at least one game was won by it. And that was the biggest thing for me. And I also had three to four burning hands. So like, what are the lists running now? Like 
It was usually Doom three three, folding three fading hope, three burning hands, two cyclone summoners is about what I remember. It like has it just gone down one of every single card or what do you what do you two think? Uh I mean like I two no, I, or I, two and one or I mean, but that's the problem. There's a billion different lists. It's not easy to consolidate them. Sure. But if you just look at a ton of the builds, like there definitely is less. Like most lists are running like less fading hopes. They're running more synerclasms. They're running hull breakers instead of uh, other <laughs> stuff. You know, like it's mm -hmm. just it's not easy to, you know, um, yeah. say with certainty what they're all doing. But just the the bulk of them are are running uh less of these cards and and it's across the board like most people i talk to and us we couldn't fix the mono green matchup and we are beating it and a lot of people with their is a dex are weak against green because green loses to white and we but just don't know how close, much though, right like it's gotten worse like dahlia okay. actually is good. I, i've never played either one of the decks as a main thing like i've basically been on is it since that the original turns build came out i basically played it and fell in love with it and i don't think i've really tried anything else i kind of regretted playing is it instead of like mono white at the invitational but hard to regret it with the result but i legitimately didn't love my deck going into it yeah i um i think white is pretty favored against green like do you think I, so i, I mean 60 like percent or I don't think you really get 60% very often, but it's probably like 55%, 50, okay. 57%. I don't know, something something like that. Sure. I just, I felt like a lot of things had to go right for green to win. And it was very easy for something to go wrong. Like, yep. Okay, well, let's transition into what you're playing, BBD, because I, I think I know, like, what are you playing for standard? Oh, I guess I, I had one question that I think a lot of people are wondering about is it, and it's just Hallbreak Horror or no. I've heard so many ranges from unplayable to like, you're an idiot for not playing it. I'm more on the camp that I don't even know if I would play any and one at most, but I don't love the card. I just like the creatureless, maybe Leer, maybe a couple eggs post board and a couple gold spans is probably what I, I would have played. But what do you guys think about the horror? Because I'm sure you played a little is it, right? I didn't play oh, a single game with it. I knew nice. I wasn't gonna. I knew I wasn't gonna play it at all, so I didn't even bother. <laughs> fair, fair. What about you, bro? Well, what, what's great is I'm looking through some of the melee lists, and a lot of them still just play three fading hopes. Um, sure. But from from the competitive stuff, I don't think that's going to be the case for the tournament. Mm -hmm. Um, but uh, about Hallbreaker Horror, I think that the card is actively bad against white. Very good in game one in the mirror and medium after cyborg. What makes it worse? Well, because if both players have a ton of dead cards, then the Hullbreaker Horror, like, isn't going to get hit by the divide because you have to use your divides more aggressively when you have a, when you draw dead cards. Sure. And so the Hullbreaker Horror just comes down, can utilize those dead cards as you know remands effectively, mm -hmm. and the games are just a little bit less streamlined. Um, but after Cyborg, then everyone has a way more streamlined deck. The actual other spells are m way more important. And it just makes it a little bit worse. And I just found that when I'm playing against is it decks, one card that I always took out was Fading Hope, but now I just leave it in because against that, if you can pay one mana to tempo out a seven drop, like the amount of times I've won I, when I whenever I do that a single time in the mirror is pretty high. And I just keep four Galvanic Iteration, four Aurans, 
four unexpected windfall and I keep two to three fading hope with three divide by zeros. And I've never had a problem with that card and I think it's like laughably bad. So, but I haven't been testing as, you know, as much in standard as I normally would for a one format thing. I've been playing a lot more historic just because it's a lot crazier. There's a lot more going on and standard's kind of easy to keep track of right now. Yeah, I mean, you definitely want to keep the fading hopes, but then there that that's also the benefit. Like I, I think that the actual best threat in the mirror is is Goldspan Dragon. Goldspan Dragon by far, yep. Yeah, it's so good. It's hard to punish except for if they play Goldspan Dragon. Mm-hmm. Um it's just it's just a very good card in the mirror. So like, yeah, anyone that's still super high on Hullbreaker Horror, um Hullbreaker Horror, I I don't really get it. Yeah. Um Yeah, I was on two Goldspan Dragons in the main too, and I was considering a third in the board. And yeah, just the card's so good. Whenever you can go like unexpected windfall into Goldspan Dragon, if you foretold all runs, you basically just win the game on the spot on uh, on turn five. But and I was not high on that card at all. Come the Invitational, and Ely was just every single day like, no, we should play two, we should play two. And I finally sir came and played one in the board, and it won me the finals. It won me the semifinals, and it was a huge factor in my top eight uh oh yeah no no the cards the cards it's the best threat in the mirror for sure yeah i think i should have played more for then and honestly i've been not as pleased with Lear. like Lyra's when mono green has been subsiding has been really medium for me yeah Lear's also better game one against white than it is after cyborg because of all their valor stances yeah same with a too like post board i almost just want to have all wraths against white I mean, yeah, you have Cinderclasms. You don't need mm-hmm. a lot of threats. Like, I, I think, like, a lot of the builds that I've been playing, I still keep in my two dragons, even though they're not good. Two Leers and, like, a, a Smoldering Egg was the only threats I had against them. Because mm. so, once you stabilize, the whole thing about the matchup is your whole goal is to stabilize, and once you do that, it doesn't really matter what you kill them with because you generate so much card advantage. I guess that kind of makes sense why you switched off from is it to go to green, right? Like, you were kind of on the fence of like what threats are super good and some are good here and you know so you just win with aggro or because that doesn't seem like your normal deck no it wouldn't be either it's it's it was it was a combination of me just like not enjoying like not knowing what the best build of is it is but also mm-hmm. just being like i i think that this tournament has a very high likelihood of being similar to like the team of reclamation set championship yeah where Teamer was like 20 or 30% of the metagames in other tournaments, like Red Bulls or what what have you. Sure. SCGs. But then at that at the first set championship, it was like 50, 55 or something. And I just think is it my if if is it is 40, 45% of the metagame, which I think there's a decent chance that it is, then or and I also am grouping in like is it variants? <laughs> like Phoenix or well, not Phoenix. Or um, I mean, is it dragons? I mean, well, or well, yeah, I, I that yes. I guess and, they play and also, all runs in that too. But yeah. there's also some like blue black decks that can never beat like a green, that have a tough time with green decks because they're like focusing on white. It's the thing is, is just with white being so powerful and what what you need to beat them being so specific that a lot of decks are. I I just feel like the removal is going to lean on mirrors and white more than green. And I just think green is going to have a disproportionately better tournament than it should or that it deserves. I think in two weeks, green yeah. will go back to being kind of bad. Yeah. Cause I mean, that's the thing. Green was bad. The last two major tournaments, the invitational and worlds like 
it did not do well at all but yeah who knows about this one i, I like your theory on it yeah i mean i don't know if like gauging worlds or the i, I actually think it did fine at the invitational it just didn't top eight yeah i suppose and that is weren't uh, the, uh that's a weren't the undefeated decks yeah. like pretty much all green yeah, I uh, think actually, they were. yeah, I guess I didn't know that. That one, honestly, that tournament was really decided by modern a lot. Like everybody in the standard records was pretty medium. Like I was five three. What were you, bro? Uh, five two one. Five two one. Yeah, and I think Shaheen was five and three. It was like all of us that made it in there were like seven O's, seven O ones, or seven ones. That, when it that came to honestly happen. That honestly happens a lot with like the one yeah. skill testing format and the one that's kind of a little bit more. Yeah, crap-shooty. I mean that's that's if if the top eight is a bunch of names that you recognize and mm-hmm. that's the breakdown of the two formats that's kind of an expected result to be honest yeah, yeah. all right but anyways we've been uh we've been chatting about green a lot Let, bbd let's get to what what you're playing and then we'll get to historic here so we got time to finish that all right what are you playing and, and well, why first of all i want to back us up a little bit so back we're talking about this is this is training day mm-hmm. and and like like we said you brought me in because i've been training is this going to be a training mechanic joke? No, no, it's not. Okay, good, good, good. I just want you to know that I've been, I've actually been playing a couple of games since deck submission. Mm. Just, just to get myself trained for this tournament. Okay. Um, however, my record in those matches is zero uh, percent. <laughs> how many, how many did you play? uh not many i think like three <laughs> or four but i haven't won a single match since submitting decks Perfect. in either format so <laughs> have you, have you, how many have you played with like three or four though yeah not not a lot or whatever oh, but... i went oh three with mono green today on, oh, yeah. on the arena ladder <laughs> oh, just played oh, against yeah. like BB, BB, are you playing decks. mono green as well or no i'm playing mono white you're so... playing oh you're playing mono white okay so you're feeding into what do you guys expect for the metagame? Do you guys expect Mono White to be the biggest or? I, I have no clue. Like, I honestly don't have any clue what the metagame is going to look like. I don't even know. Um, I like. Did you test is, much or? I mostly tested historic. Okay. Uh, to be okay, completely cool. honest. I did not yeah, play that much. Fair. I didn't play that much standard. Um, I did play some, but honestly, like. I I think standard is incredibly unfun. Like I I actually mm. am upset playing it even when I'm winning. Damn. Like, I just, see, <laughs> see that's I crazy. So... I still love playing. Is it? I legitimately still love it. My Ugh. combo control has always been my favorite type of deck. So I still just on my free time I find myself playing a quick match of Is it before I go make uh, some piece of content or something. I know I'm kind of weird for that, but I love the deck. I uh I I just don't. I don't enjoy those like I don't mind combo control decks. I just the is it mirror match is just not fun for me. Oh, like, see, I, I love it because I play the four Galvanic, four Unexpected, four All Runs version, and I'm just so favorite. I like play two Behold in the main and everything too. So I just love it. I just feel advantaged, you know. I lose to Mono White quite often, but whatever. <laughs> I don't know. I, I yeah. really don't enjoy the standard format. Like I was actually getting really like I was getting actually mad when I was playing because <laughs> are- people kept playing cards that I didn't know what they did. And arena is incredibly annoying with it where it's like, I would scroll over a card and try to read it. First of all, I'm going to rope out before I finish reading this card. Cause it's like 700 lines of text. Yeah. Brian, you were playing demonic pack though. 
I, I remember <laughs> you. I discorded in on this match. No, no, I know what oh. demonic pack does. That was that's an old old okay, card, but okay, okay. tainted no. pack. Damn it, I missed the joke. Okay. I, okay, I was trying to make I, I a tainted pack. I was trying to make a tainted pack joke of roping out, but uh, okay. I didn't know. I had no clue where you were going with that, but no. It the card, the main card was that that green card that's like it fights or puts counters on things, or you gain life, or you can do it all, or whatever. And like okay. somebody played somebody played that against me for the first time, and I'm trying to read this card on Arena, so I've, I'm like scrolled over it. But then anytime some event happens on on the program. It, like it would take the card away and like focus on what, what was occurring. So like okay. they would go to combat and I, all of a sudden like the card wasn't on the screen anymore. So then I had to like pull the graveyard up again and try to read it again. And then they would like attack with the creatures and it would like go away again and go <laughs> like back to the com- like combat that was occurring and ask me to make blocks and stuff. And I'm like, Damn it! I just want to read this card. Well, to that be somebody fair, played against me. And then... <laughs> this is this is where you're supposed to read the cards so that you don't have to do that in the pro tour. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. No, but I'm just saying, like, I don't know. It like I just did not have have a fun time playing. And did you like historic? Like, yeah, I, I think historic's a great format. Yeah, like, I've been having fun with it too. Actually, I'm not gonna lie. There's a lot of different decks. Normally, the pro tours kind of ruin it for me. When it comes to these kind of unknown formats, usually it's like some deck that is a huge percentage and then it just becomes unfun because that's all you see on the ladder. But as of right now, I, I've been enjoying trying a bunch of different decks. Yeah, I, I just don't like the way that they've been designing magic cards lately. I just I really don't like I don't like these cards that have a million lines of text mm. that do a million different things. Like, like it's just like Ranger I, Captain ravenous no. squirrel like hall breaker horror hall breaker no horror, no yeah. no i'm talking about i'm talking about standard sets not like oh uh, sure 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 yeah i'm talking about standard i'm not talking about historic i'm, I'm saying that i don't like the way they're design they're designing these sets because like so many cards just there are these mountains of text and there's like two sides to the card each side is a mountain of text there's like nine different things that can happen with this card yeah and it 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 is just it's almost like work to understand what's going on yeah unless you've played a million games there's still like oh go ahead and until i've played that like once i've played a ton you know it's like okay now i know exactly what that green card does because i i started actually playing mono green myself um and I actually really liked Mono Green. It was a lot of fun, but I love casting uh, a chariot. That's for sure. Yeah, Green was the only deck that I actually enjoyed playing. The only reason I didn't pick it for this event is because I was losing so bad to Mono White. Mm. Um, that made me t- turn me off from playing it. Um, but that was the that was the one deck that actually felt like an an enjoyable deck to play. But uh, yeah, it's just it's just so much. It's like. Yeah, after enough time, I'll, I would know what every card does and all the ways that they can interact with the for- with like different cards and different formats and stuff. But coming in without yeah. that knowledge, it is it is like a job to understand what's going on with some of that stuff. It literally is my job right now. Try being back on versus live during this <laughs> modern era of cards where I'm like rereading. Still to this day, Jacob, that blue flip card, I refuse to read the full the full text yeah jake jacob jacob Hauken is a particularly egregious example that was a I card refuse. that actually came 
Actually, the card that came to mind while I was ranting was like yeah. Jacob Halkin. It's like same. I, I actually think that's a kind of a cool card and how it functions. Now I that don't know. I, I've I understand never, it, I have no idea how it works yet, and I refuse <laughs> to. I don't want you to tell me because that's me reading it as well. So I, I still just refuse to learn. I mean, that card's actually pretty good. Well, but, I know it is. I, it's I, got I, like that. I actually text. do. Yeah. I actually do like that card. Like for 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 the rant I just went on, I do actually like that card. I think that's a cool <laughs> card, but. Every when every card is like that, it, it is just so much. And then standard just being basically this these like like two monocolored aggressive decks and yeah. a <clears throat> like time warp based combo deck. I, I don't know. It's not like <laughs> well, it's not fun. I oh, just I, oh, I, I really I, just don't I'm I'm with you too, like completely. Yeah. Like I actually think that cards do too many things, just like you said, <laughs> and my my biggest frustrations is how how just out of the box these these like these sets feel like plug and play. Yeah. Like you get a set, you put all the vampire cards together and you play it. Yeah. Like and and there's like five of them, right? There's five tribes and then and then you just have like these like put all the green rares together and play that deck, put all the white rares together and play that deck. Yeah, they're getting like, kind of idiot proof. I mean, yes, and that's and and but that's like part of magic's magic has become way more complex of like what the cards do, but way more simplistic in how to execute a game plan and what you can actually play. Yeah, the cards yeah. limit well, what you can well, actually do. So that we're getting competitive here. So if we actually want to talk about this, which I'm fine with talking about it, is <clears throat> when you get to the highest levels, I don't think there's a way to please us. I, I like I I actually accept where Brian came from a long time ago like a year ago he said this like standard is never going to be a good format yeah i think it's i think it's impossible to have a a truly good standard format in the modern era like 10 15 years ago when magic wasn't grinded on arena as much as it's like yeah we're playing so many games when it wasn't so so data driven yeah we're data driven right now yeah 15 years ago like the amount of matches of magic that are being being played now compared to 15 years ago or whatever is like night and day plus all the data that's available now that wasn't available then just back then you could go a standard format and nobody figures it out you know and there's still a lot of room for fun a lot of room for discovery or like a heartbeat of springs deck you know how long that deck took to actually become widespread as a good deck forever that card was that deck was trash in a lot of people's mind until it was like you know, tournament after tournament, you'd see one in the top eight just by checking that out. But you wouldn't see it on people's Twitter. You wouldn't see it streamed. Well, like you'd uh, see Heartbeat it on of Springs weekend. was out before Twitter was out. Yeah, good point. Good point. Yeah, but like <laughs> also, also, I don't think Heartbeat of Springs decks were ever that good. <laughs> but like, it took forever for them to be played. You know, when they were oh, playable. Sure. You know, like, but you couldn't get the word out fast enough. Uh, I think I think we're sidetracking a lot here, though, because like. Yeah. I, I don't yeah. think data is actually a bad thing. I, I, I and I don't think data is the f- problem that Magic is having. I mean, data isn't a isn't a plus in my opinion because if you get a lot of data really quickly, <laughs> Wizards Alert, Wizards Alert, we have a Wizards empl- employee no, 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 in the no, podcast. No, 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 no. no, I'm saying, but like formats get uh, specifically standard formats get solved a lot faster when you get to see like, oh, this deck was seven of the top sixteen. And people start copying that deck list, and then it's like, okay, now a lot of people try that, and then if the win percentage of that deck it still remains really high, then all of a sudden you're like, okay, this is the deck 
format solved. But if data well, wasn't still, that prevalent, but, it would take a lot longer to, to get to that conclusion. But the data isn't even that accurate at, at certain levels of Magic Player. And but also, it, it doesn't matter how accurate it is. It matters but sometimes how people it react is to accurate, it. too. And sometimes but it is also, accurate. When it is accurate, the, like the buck, Oko. The buck stops at balancing, and, and standard can't be balanced. Like, standard is... like. The balancing well, that's of why having data is that's why having data can be a bad thing mm-hmm. because standard can't be balanced and when people have the data to show that it they it like it kind of ruins the the game you yeah. know like if there wasn't as much data you know when crimson vow came out people would have tried a lot of other things a lot more until it got to the point where like okay just just kidding it's all the same you know what well, like well, people, i guess i guess people knowing that results. a deck is bad through data is different than them having their intuition tell them whether a deck is good or bad because mm-hmm. our intuitions are horrible. Yeah. And so people are like, oh, I think this, like, they're like, oh, yeah, my deck beats the crap out of is it or whatever. <laughs> and it's like, your deck's like 38% versus is it? You just remember the times that you win, you know? Like, <gasps> yeah. But then one, but once with, with data being so prevalent for like, people can't even make that argument anymore that their deck beats is it because it's just like, actually, look, your deck's garbage against is oh, it? You, like, you yeah. do not stream anymore, Brian. Those people still exist. Oh, they of still course, exist. They're, 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 like, dude. Twitch chat. they're just like, dude, in black, white, all you got to do is just <laughs> add four go blanks. You'll beat is it every time. And it's like, no, you won't. I promise you, like, (laughs) I absolutely promise you. But all right, everyone. So we're getting a little late in the podcast and I still want to talk historic. So let's get off this. So bro, BBD, are you guys both, can you talk about your historic deck or? I mean, I I can tell you um, the deck I'm playing and why, but I can't give you like the deck list. Oh, because we've been asking for specific deck lists leading up to this point, bro. So that's going to be a problem. <laughs> no, just kidding. Yeah, what what are you playing and uh, why'd you choose it, bro? Uh, I'm playing Green White Life Game because I didn't test Historic at all and Javier selected it. Okay, okay. And I, I, I'm going to, after the podcast, going to go learn my deck. Okay, okay. But just like, <laughs> can you go on any specifics about the deck? Yeah, or just- yeah, yeah, yeah. Like Green White Life Gain is just a new combo deck that's like, super powerful it's the tree we talked about it last week Mm. um the 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 benefit of the deck i think is that the other popular decks it 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 has a good like i think that it's got a good uh humans and golgari sacrifice matchup let me explain the combo real fast just so people are aware it and and let us know every single card in the deck brian as well we we talked about it last week too i mean the decks the deck's not not like a secret or anything but no of course not basically you take a soul warden creature like soul warden um <laughs> that gains life whenever a creature comes into play uh you combine that with heliod heliod lets you put a counter on a counter on a creature whenever uh you gain life and then you put that counter on scurry oak and whenever scurry oak gets a counter it makes a one one squirrel and then that one one squirrel coming into play starts the cycle over again. You gain a life, Heliod puts a counter on Scurry Oak, you make a squirrel. And so you make you make your Scurry Oak huge and you make a huge number of squirrels as well. You can't do infinite on arena, but you can do quite a lot. I still think it's even if not everyone listened to last week's podcast. That's true. Uh but yeah, so it's based around that, but then it has the like the new upgraded to Johnny Primates. The green white one that scries, and the one that once it gets enough counters, it becomes a flying in vigilance indestructible. And so it has this like plan B that's really good, but and it's also a Coco deck, so like Coco combos are always pretty good too. Um, you, you can just get some free wins by just luck sacking on high rolling on your Cocos. Mm. 
Um, and but ultimately, I just think that Golgari Sacrifice and Green White Humans are also two of the best decks, and I think that this deck has a favorable matchup against both. I was. Um, I felt that I was pretty doing pretty well against that deck with green white, but I was also testing against more stock versions of, of the Heliod deck. So yeah, the version that you guys are playing might be what might have made that matchup significantly better. So, I mean, even so I think it's close. And also I just think that the deck is exceptionally powerful. It beats a lot of the bullshit. If anyone plays bullshit and in all honesty, I think historic is in a place where it's kind of like, the wild west again where yeah. people are just like restarting this format all over again with new archetypes because of all the bannings and the new cards printed so like it's also the deck that i feel like you just get free wins against like the non like it's not that good against combo decks which i don't think you can really be a combo deck in this format with um Selesnya humans being one of the most popular decks mm. and uh Why is and I also- human Good against combo? Just Thalia or? It's just, it, yeah, it has Thalia. It beats him down. Oh, don't even say that card name to me. That's a Death Shadow player in modern. I absolutely <laughs> hate to play against that fucking card. Oh my God. <laughs> it's so good against me. I hate it. But yeah, so it just it just puts a clock on you. It's just such a fast, aggressive deck. Yeah. And if, you're, if your combo has pieces in play, like you can that that deck can interact with them and and while they hit them pretty hard so i i think that you know the slesnia life gain deck is gonna be bad against combo decks and i think it's close against the jeskai decks slightly behind there but besides that i'm pretty comfortable playing against is it phoenix the Golgari sacrifice deck Mm. the the humans and it's just an all-around powerful deck i don't know if it's worth picking but it is the deck that I liked the most. I was winning with it when I tested it. And if ha- Javier tested, grinded the shit out of Historic. <laughs> okay. And so I just went with what he ultimately went with. That's one of the few so, decks that I actually played as well. And it, it was one of the rare decks that I was winning with. I was losing a lot with things. I don't know why. I just couldn't figure out a Historic. But I had a blast playing the company deck. And I went something like, I don't know, 10 and 3, 10 and 4 or something. And it, you know, it felt mm-hmm. pretty decent. I, it felt like a free win machine. Kind of felt like Project X, you know, which oh, I yeah. just kind of. I did not like the deck that much, but yeah, I don't know. That's why I didn't play it. I I was not winning with it that much, and I felt like there were so many draws that were just really bad. Like, and you just played with good, strong creatures, humans. Like you played that in modern before. What at your pro tour top eight in London, right? Yeah, I mean, I don't think humans is. It, I, my hot take is that Jeskai is the best deck in Historic. Jeskai um, Control? Yeah. Okay. Which I, like, by the time I kind of came to that realization, it, it was a little late in the game. Because, like, yeah. when you have, to, to have a, to win with a Control deck, you need to have, like, a good list of it. And you need to know, like, your plans and the various types of matchups. Like, have the right access to the right cards and stuff like that. And, you have like, to be skilled in the format, too. And do you think yeah. you would have been at that level? With how much you te- I don't know how much you tested, but I actually played a pretty decent amount of historic, like but... a decent amount as in like average to what you've tested for a pro tour in the past, or just like average for the new age BBD. I mean, more than the new age BBD, but less than I would have tested for a pro tour in the past. Okay, but um, yeah, like by the time I thought that Just Guy was really good, I mean, it's one day before Deckless are submitting and like it i think that's just like 
you know, maybe with a full team all working on it, that that's enough time. But like, I'm never going to get there. And I, I just don't have the drive anymore to even try to get there at that point. So I didn't, I didn't bother trying to, trying to play something like that, but I would not be surprised if that's like the best ends up being the best deck in historic. But did you have fun uh, testing just, just with a lot it? Of, what's that? Did you have fun testing for the historic portion at least, or was it still unenjoyable like standard for you? No, I enjoyed historic. I I think historic's a good format. Like I I think it's pretty diverse. There's a variety of decks that went in like different ways. Um, you know, like there's some some amount of combo uh style of decks. Like mm-hmm. there's the uh you know, this Helia deck, for example. Even like that green black deck's kind of like not really a combo deck, but it kind of has some sort of it's some like kind of that kind of feel to it it has like an it's like an engine deck basically oh I, yeah. I i like i like to call that a check deck where it's just like constantly putting you in check yeah. like every turn it's slowly just trying to yeah. pivot to a bigger end game and trying to choke you out of resources and give you like less and less uh, like that's my kind of deck and i kind of wanted to play that deck yeah i but just i uh, played brendan decanio's list today i just played five matches and i loved it oh I, I love my, Black Green Sacrifice so much, but oh, so I, I played against. Oh, my hot take is that that deck's actually really bad. Really, like, it, it might be fun to play, but I, I don't think it's good. Like it, uh, it it's just so one dimensional and so vulnerable to to a variety of things. Man, um, like for example, Brad saying like like the Helia deck just just like crushes it because, um, well, that's the inherent flaw in it, and that's why I picked Selesnya. Yeah, like because they, I think Selesnya and it are both going to be popular, so I don't want to play the one that loses to the other. I bet it beats well, like actual aggro decks though. Like that oh, seems like that's what, what it, what it does. Do. Yeah, basically it's, if, it's control too. Yeah, if the card if the card uh, meat hook massacre is good, it's going to beat the crap out of you. Like, yeah. Oh, uh, the the way that I put it in my article was Golgari sacrifice is the best deck to play if people are either play attacking or killing creatures. Is their main yeah. game plan? <laughs> yeah, that's fair. yes. No, yeah, that's one hundred percent true. Like it, it's really good against decks that attack and really good against decks that play removal. It's just not great against the rest. And there and there's a surprisingly number of other decks in the format that don't subscribe to either of those. Like yeah, the Helia deck, for example. Um, I I think that like the the blue white affinity decks also fall into that thing where, um, I felt like that deck was was also quite good against. Golgari, I mean limited yeah, sample push size. Yeah, thought but, monitor. I dare you. <laughs> I mean, l- small sample size there, but I I played against that, and I, f- I felt like I was just getting steamrolled. Oh, all I picture um, is a thought monitor with a cranial plating on it, and you're just holding fatal push and be like, "Oh shit, like <laughs> you got me." <laughs> the cat's just sitting on the ground, just meowing. Sadly, yeah, this cranial yeah. plating also provides uh, lifelink. So <laughs> yeah, yeah, but. Okay, fair. Yeah. So, I mean, do you but guys... yeah, I ended up playing. I ended up playing green white humans, and I I actually don't think it's particularly good. It was just a deck I played a bunch with and was comfortable with. So, I played, what is it? I just the same it. thing? Is it a company deck as well? But it's just no combo. Yeah. Just Dolly is lieutenant and Thraven and not Thraven Inspector, but oh, oh yeah, Inspector's in there. Yes, really? Inspector. Oh, oh, it's in there. Shit. BBD, what's the last <laughs> pro event that you played Thraven Inspector? I can tell. I can. I can answer this. I also have an idea, but I'm not sure. I mean, I I, I know the answer. Okay, what is it? It's uh, the pro tour that Steve Rubin won. 
You played Green no, White? No, no, it was after that. It was after that. Wasn't yeah, it, it was the World's, World Championship? It was World's 2016, yeah. Duh, that's the joke I was fucking making, but... I forgot we played that card there. The sad <laughs> thing is, is I'm actually not entirely sure that's true. Did we play Brave <laughs> Inspector in, like, the shitty-ass Mardu deck that we played that one Pro Tour? Where, like, uh, everyone who played the deck went 5-5? Five and five? Yeah, I, uh, I, don't, I was I like, don't if I was so. wrong, it's probably because we played a Thraben deck and it was super bad at some point. Yeah, it was. I think did, we might have played Thraben. Didn't in we, that deck. Yeah, didn't we play Thraben Inspector instead of playing Aetherworked Marvel in Nashville? I've done that twice. In Nashville, yes. we did that for sure. That was well, we stupid. Did, in one tournament, we played Black Red, right? That was Hawaii. But that was my best Pro Tour finish that, was, that whole that, year. That was one where Marvel, we could have played Marvel in that one too, but. Yeah, no, that's yeah, that's Nashville. That was blue white. That was blue white spirits. That was the deck to play at that pro tour. We played black red with Smuggler's Copter, and I, I took twenty third or something, but I punted to not take ninth. <laughs> oh yeah, that's yeah. right. You you were crushing in that tournament, and you, yeah, that sucks. But yeah. I then was... you lost to Brock Parker, I think, if I remember. Correctly. I did lose to Brock, but the final <laughs> guy I lost to a mirror match where I straight up made a play mistake. But I, I made a mistake against Brock too. I realistically should have top eight at that because that was <laughs> that was no. I'm serious. I should have beat Brock as well. But that was one of the pro tours where I actually felt advantaged and limited because that was one of the last ones before they switched to they released the set like two weeks before, so everybody could draft it. And we met up in Hawaii and physically drafted the set, you know, for two weeks. And it was Kaladesh, and I remember playing a ton of that. And I, I went 4-2 and limited, and I don't know if I've ever done that at a Pro Tour outside of that. Could you not draft online before that? Like, never if we're not testing for a Pro Tour. Like, I just don't play. I never did. I, no, I, I mean, like, back back then when we went to Pro Tours, could you not draft online? We could, but it, it was when we were already there, and it was like, you could draft on Monday, and the pro tour would be on Friday. So you would get that like three days. But uh, okay. right before that, we would meet two weeks early. So no, I remember, we would yeah. be able to, you know, draft for one full week before it came online. So every team was highly advantaged and limited. But it it's since shifted now that you can draft three weeks beforehand or whatever. Or just you know, there's no limited at all. Or that too. That's a big factor. <laughs> All right, everyone. That about does it, I think, for our episode today. Um, you guys feeling good, though? Or you guys unsure? Or? I mean, I don't know. Like, I feel fine. Like, I, I need to... I, I audibled in both formats, so I need to spend the week testing. Okay. And, and must, you know, like, you can ask me this on Friday, you know, and... See if I'm comfortable. It, it all depends on how much gaming I get in the next three days. Well, I'm going to ask you tomorrow. I was so. I was very surprised yeah. by the way that the testing panned out. Like, like nobody talked about Modern Green the entirety of the testing process, and then everyone audible to it the, the last day. <laughs> and but, only, like, one or two people were talking about Heliod at all, and then everyone just played it the last day. So, like, I... It was, wasn't the tightest ship. So we think it was a bit of a loose goose on Team BBD, Team Brad, or you guys think? I mean, I have no room. Good? I have no room to talk about what is or isn't loose, and sure. like those could be great decisions. It was just very surprising to me. Okay. I mean, I just ended up playing the decks that I was comfortable with, and I don't have any illusions that when I'm I'm playing anything that's breaking breaking the wheel here. Like, if anything, I'm probably behind the curve in both formats. But 
I was just very surprised that that is what ended up happening. Like that, I don't know. It just, I mean, the the team basically spent the entire time grinding and working on is it so i was very shocked but well i'm excited for next week's episode when hopefully i get to interview innistrad championship winner x or y one of you two uh (laughs) but i guess we'll figure it out then but before then we are going to do the casting crew y'all the casting crew is our loyal group of supporters that support us at patreon.com slash bass bros podcast if you want to support us there head there but we're gonna get to it and uh yeah start with you bro all righty up first we've got opa who is our opposition researcher digs up the dirt on all Mm -hmm. of our enemies um do we have any enemies today Um, i think we do i don't know all right well Opa, you can have the week off we probably do we probably uh probably the rants that I gave have oh, created a I know significant we, number of enemies. Denzel Washington is for sure our enemy <laughs> after this. Because we lied <laughs> yeah. about having him on the cast. We did not try. We did not reach out to his agent or anything. So True. And also Brad tried to say that he didn't have win, win awards for training day. Mm, I'm pretty yeah. shocked that he won awards we, for Trinity Day. Not gonna it lie. is a oh. surprise, but and yeah. now we just diminished his acting again. So yeah, I think we're gonna get an email from Denzel's team for sure. <laughs> oh, totally. Sound- we're totally on his radar. Yeah, sounds like a job for Joe. That is our re- response and recourse consultant. <laughs> uh, so when Denzel comes for us. Joe comes back. <laughs> Next up, we got to Zelo, and that is our middle management. And anytime Denzel's activities need to be managed a bit, Tosilo is going to put forth the effort, but not take any of the blame when it comes to these civil lawsuits with Denzel. All right. Next up is Adam, who has nothing to do with fucking Denzel Washington. <laughs> he is, in fact, BBD's personal hype man. Job is to stand behind BBD and yell things from his favorite movies, such as Training Day. Yeah. <laughs> Remember the Titans. Remember. Yeah. I bet I bet Denzel would do a better job as a hype man for BBD. I'm sorry, Adam, but just saying. Wow! Wow! Yeah. Fucking low. Wow. Wow. I know. I know. Wow! All right, we got it, Steve. That is our Bash Bros po- podcast Task Rabbit. Steve performs a variety of tasks around the office. Uh, such as setting up our video watching equipment. Absolutely. Next up, we got DJ, and that's BBP's official lobbyist. Whenever we have to lobby to get Denzel Washington on the podcast, DJ is the one who's always, you know, pulling up his sleeves and kind of doing the dirty work when it comes to our lobbyism. <sighs> Next up, we got Bino. That's... <laughs> <laughs> Oh, Brad's we on Bino now? Bino. Oh, thank God. We were not able to get Bino out of prison, but luckily he said that he had a prison break Blu-ray set. Just watched season five and has the experience to do it himself. Damn. But if he doesn't, he'll call Denzel. Dude, Bino was in my stream this over the weekend, and luckily... Yeah, internet, inter- you, you got the smuggle yeah. phones now. Yeah, you just get Wi-Fi in jail now, so it's been pretty nice to still communicate with Bino, and, you know, he learned a lot about Grixis Death Shadow, so... <laughs> Similar to the shadow of death that he... Go on. ...creates for people. I don't know. All right, we got S. Cerruti, and that is our business analyst. Analyst. 
He has done the analysis on our business. Analyst. And it has not gone well. No, so, no, we are we are taking. Yeah. Oh, wow. It's 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 real bad. It's coming it off the bad. it's coming off the we rear end. We are sure. in debt. It's coming yeah. off the rear end. We declare bankruptcy. Next up, we got WAPA, and I'm about to understand this reference because I'm gonna do a sponsored hour of content <laughs> with Storybrook Brawl. And WAPA's the Lord of Puff Puffs. So I'm gonna I'm gonna learn what this is here quite shortly. Wait, you're only gonna play for an hour? That's between me and the sponsoree, Bradley. <laughs> that's between that that's between Corey and God. That's, exactly. Yeah. That's between me and the Lord of the Puff Puffs. <clears throat> all right, next up we got Adam, who is our ghostwriter. All of this nonsense is his fault. Don't blame us. Mm. We didn't write it, we just say it. Yes. All right. We got Paul Ka. Shit, I thought you were getting a can earlier before the show started. I was. That's that can. That's the can I have right now. And you <laughs> open it. What? And you already opened it. I just opened it now. Oh, I didn't hear oh! it. Oh, shoot. We didn't hear it because of Discord. Oh, you nailed it and we fucked it up. Fuck. Yeah. Yeah, yeah no, we didn't hear it because of Discord. Mm. Oh, that's terrible. Oh, I cracked it right into the mic. <laughs> I mean, it is going to be like my mic was in the red when that oh, can cracked. Uh, I'm jealous. Okay, I'm jealous okay. of our listeners. That sounds nice. Yeah, I, I did I'm, actually. I, that that is why I delayed the podcast so I could go get a can. I earlier. thought so, and then we yeah. just didn't hear because Discord is worse than the other one. But they were going to make us pay for it. Next up, we right. got Phil and uh, <laughs> yeah. Phil. We really actually don't know what Phil does, but you know what? Phil keeps doing exactly what we expect. Yes, yes. Phil, Phil, you kill it. You, you, you kill it when you love do you. stuff. So Labasi is up next, and that is our designated mana dork. And I believe that our designated mana dork for this week is Goldspan Dragon. Mm, we're back. I thought maybe it's uh, something of winter. Ooh. Sculptor of winter. Ooh. Sculptor of winter, yeah. It could be. Or it could be, but chariot. I think Goldspan's better. You can copy a treasure, I guess. <laughs> Thinking it's uh, Gare Meldy, our, our merch store manager. Um, I honestly don't know how our merch store is doing. That's not, I'm good. not part of that. Not good. Okay, great. Not good. Nope. Not nope. good. So it is. S. Rudy has already seen this, presumably. More news at eleven <laughs> on our merch store, y'all. All right, that's going to do it for our podcast this week, everybody. Thank you so much for listening to another edition of the Bash Bros Podcast. We're going to be back after the Innistrad Championship, hoping that one of these noobs does well and we can actually have something to talk about next week. Bye. See ya. Reamed.